0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello and welcome to the True Faith Podcast. This podcast is the entire audio recording from the NUFC Town Hall event or Toon Hall event, which took place on Monday the 4th. Of May, the event was organised by MP Chianura, um and hosted by George Colgan and supported by the Newcastle United Supporters Trust. And it was organised to give fans a voice to raise any concerns, uh, listen to stakeholders uh, about the supposed takeover of Newcastle United uh, by Amanda Staveley, the Rubin brothers, and the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. Uh, many thanks to Chi for allowing us to put this audio up so that you good people could hear the arguments put forward. Uh, I think you'll agree, while there's a, a divergence of opinion from everyone and people on both sides of the argument, uh, George Coggan hosted the event really well and it was conducted in a fair and respectful manner, which is great and a credit to the fan base. So I'll leave you with Chi.
2: Hi, hello, uh, good evening, we're going to get started now and um, you know, I just want to um, start by saying um, welcome, um, thank you for joining this, which is the first uh, digital uh, Toon Town Hall, um, it is the first, so apologies if there's any uh, technical or other uh, hiccups. Um, It's been quite a challenge getting this all together in such a short time. And I want to start by thanking Newcastle United Supporters Trust for co-hosting it. Everyone involved in the organisation of this and all the speakers, um, you know, and um, everyone joining and everyone watching on YouTube. Uh, It is, you know, it is a huge honour to be the Member of Parliament for Newcastle Central and to represent so many Newcastle fans. Um, I'm a fan myself, and as I've said in Parliament, Newcastle United is the beating heart of our city. It is part of our heritage, our culture, our economy, and our future. And to those (laughs) who say it's just another business, I say it's part of our identity as Geordie's like the Queen or the BBC is part of being British. And we have had 13 years of Mike Ashley owning, but not safeguarding, the huge cultural icon that is Newcastle United Football Club. Now, I've called on Mr. Ashley to sell the club, as have many fans, and we've all endured many, many failed takeover bids. The fact is only billionaires can buy a Premier League club. And there's been a lot of talk about this, bid, this particular bid, what it means for the club, the city, and how that contrasts with the terrible human rights records of Saudi Arabia. Newcastle is a great city that welcomes people from all over the world and stands up for social justice, as we see every match day with Newcastle United supporters' food bank. Many of those talking about the takeover seem to have no idea about that or what football means to our city. And that's because we haven't really heard from the fans. Yes, you have to be a billionaire to buy Newcastle United, but you shouldn't have to be a billionaire to have your say in the future of the club and my job is to represent Newcastle in parliament and that means representing the views of Newcastle United fans and to do that I need to hear what you have to say so my job right now is to listen For me, tonight will have been a success if I feel I understand what fans are saying about this takeover at the end of the evening. So with all that, I'm going to hand over to your host for the evening, George Culkin. Um, He is the senior reporter at The Athletic, and as most many of you know, was with The Times for many years. George.
3: Well, thank you very much. Good evening, everyone. And um yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, Newcastle are the club I grew up supporting, and I've been watching all my life. I've been reporting on them for 25 years now. So welcome to tonight's Digital Town Hall on the Newcastle United Takeover, or the Toon Town Hall, as we've been calling it. For the purposes of strict accuracy, I should probably say... Prospective takeover because nothing's been confirmed yet. And that's not intended to make people panic or to set off a wave of Twitter conspiracies. It's just fact. So I am tonight's host and I'm going to give a little bit of background, first of all, explain the ground rules a little bit, and then introduce our speakers. Firstly, though, this isn't an attempt to tell Newcastle fans what to think or what to feel. It's about putting the club's ownership into context, both local and global and to give all of us a voice. It's about having an informed, respectful, engaged conversation, and we want to hear from as many of you as possible. Now, 30 or 40 years ago, when a football club changed hands, chances are it was moving from one local business person to another. Now it's in the process of being moved from one billionaire to more billionaires, this time with a sovereign nation involved. Nobody has asked your opinion, nobody has put it to a vote, Nobody has given you a voice, so hopefully this is an opportunity to rectify that a little bit. There will be repercussions from a takeover though. A takeover will have an effect on your team, on your club, and for some people that's the only thing that matters. It may also have an effect on investment in our city and in our region, and for some people that's what's important. And whether we like it or not, those effects will also ripple out nationally and internationally. And we'll be hearing about that too. More than ever, we live in an interconnected world. And although this might feel like a Newcastle story, a goal scored at St. James's Park will be felt in Riyadh. Most, as she said, most Newcastle fans will tell you that it's time for change. And in fact, it's beyond time. This isn't scientific at all, but at The Athletic, we uh, ran a poll last month. And in that, 96% of nearly 3,500 people who responded positively to the question Do Newcastle need a new owner to progress as a football club in any meaningful sense? To repeat, that's 96% of people said yes. 13 years under Mike Ashley's ownership have brought two relegations, a host of toxic decisions, constant nicks to the prestige of a historical institution, and sporting austerity. Throughout it all, the club's communication has been sporadic or non-existent. And so the stoicism of a local fan base, which has not celebrated a domestic trophy since 1955, has been challenged like never before, and many people have had enough. This season, up to 10,000 part season tickets have been given away. To put it simply, it's time for somebody else to have a go. And Newcastle needs to remember what hope feels like. So, as to how things stand at the moment, the consortium put together by Amanda Stavely, the financier who's been on the scene for around two and a half years now, has agreed a fee to buy the club, contracts have been exchanged, and the matter is in the hands of the Premier League, who are conducting their directors and owners test, a process which can and has taken weeks. At some point, that process ends, regulatory approval will be granted, and money changes hands. Now, my latest information is that there is still overwhelming um, uh, positivity on the buyer's side that it will happen but it will take as long as it takes. So what we're doing this evening is we're talking and we're also listening. This is the bo- the best and in my opinion the most civilized part of the planet and for all that we feel strongly about football um, we, we must keep this conversation respectful and be mindful of the feelings of others. I'm sure it's not an issue but I have been asked to point out that we have a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to abuse or swearing. Right, that's enough from me. Um, Thanks for listening, and we're going to kick off now. So the format is as follows. We have seven contributions from speakers, all very short, and all representing the kind of views and backgrounds that I've already detailed. And then the floor is yours. We want to know what you think and how you're feeling. This is your club, and this is your forum. Right, so, firstly... I would like to introduce Ian Mairns, the MP for Gateshead and a big Newcastle fan. Ian.
4: Thanks, George, and thanks, Chi, and thanks to the Supporters Trust for organising this meeting. Um, well, where do we start? Um, I've been a Newcastle United supporter for over 55 years. Now, I know that some of you will be shocked by that because I obviously don't look old enough, but I have. I've, well, I went to my first match in the mid-1960s, and I've been supporting Newcastle just about ever since. And um, what I've witnessed over the last 13 years is 13 years of wanton and willful neglect of our club. And the proposed takeover by the Saudi Public Investment Fund, Amanda Stavely and the Rubin Brothers, might be, um, for, for the club and for the fans, climbing out of the frying pan into the fire. But after 13 years in the frying pan to the, 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 and the and the fact that the club might not end up in the fire, most supporters, I think, are willing to take the risk. Um That's what I think supporters are willing to take. I talk to my friends, most of them, many of my friends that I go to the match with, been going longer than I have. And... um you know, they they just want to see change. Um, as a politician and a, as a Labour MP, um, having Mike Ashley as Newcastle United's owner hasn't stopped me criticising him for football and non-football matters. So why would we not criticise a part of any new ownership team if that cr- criticism is deserved? We don't get a vote, as George has said, over... Who buys the club? It's a billionaires game now. And the last chance that we had to have a part participation in this sort of thing was when John Hall floated the club on the stock market at pound thirty-five per share. But unfortunately, you know the, the finances being what they were, the actual total number of shares that were in the ownership of ordinary fans was relatively small um, at, at, at that time. I believe Newcastle United is a unique club in the world of football. No domestic trophy since 1955, which was two years before I was born. No top-level trophy of any kind for over half a century, and yet still still pulling in crowds of 50,000. And prior to this incomplete season, average crowds of over 51,000 in the previous season. And it makes Newcastle United, I believe, unique in world football. I think we have a unique sense of identity, passion, pride and sense of belonging with our club and our ground situated in the city centre, no more than about a mile and a half from where I live. I love Newcastle United. I can see an awful potentially going wrong with this. But I really do think that it's time that we got rid of an owner who simply viewed Newcastle United fans, the paying customer, as an asset to be sweated or milked. And no interest at all in develop de- developing the entity that we love, which is the football club. Thank you very much,
3: Ian. And um, next up, we have Greg Tomlinson. Greg um, is representing the Newcastle United Supporters
5: Trust.
6: Thank you. Good evening. My name is Greg Tomlinson, and I'm one of the board members of the Newcastle United Supporters Trust. First off, thank you to Chi for calling this event and bringing us all together, and to George as well for for hosting and steering us all through. Hopefully the technology will hold up. But also thanks to all of today's speakers and all of those in attendance. But first, from some context from the Trust's perspective. The Newcastle United Supporters Trust is a not-for-profit society. We're affiliated to the Football Supporters Association and are one of the largest supporters trusts in England, with around about 10,000 members. Our membership is open to all and we exist to achieve the greatest possible supporter and community influence in the running of Newcastle United. That's been pretty difficult under Mike Ashley. Now it seems that the end of Mike Ashley's disastrous 13 years is near and today is that great opportunity for us all to share our views on what that might mean. We recently also ran a survey and 97% of our members told us that they support this takeover. tells you everything you need to know about the last 13 years. It is worth noting that some members did raise concerns about what the future may hold, but I'm sure you'll all remember the welcome Mike Ashley was initially given when he joined Newcastle and the pints that he was buying in the big market. Many Newcastle fans will have concerns, for example around the human rights record of Saudi Arabia, as do fans of other clubs, and it's not impossible to be excited about Ashley's departure. Enthusiastic about Newcastle United Once again, being interested in moving forward and acquiring some sporting ambition for the first time in 13 years and still feeling concerned about those issues wherever they occur in the world. Those feelings aren't exclusive and you can subscribe to both of them. As has been said, Newcastle fans do not hold the power. Human rights issues are not something that Newcastle fans can fix, but they're something that we should have our eyes open to. The idea that fans bear responsibility in a system like this to us is absurd. We didn't choose Mike Ashley. We don't choose our new owners. It's not a preference, not a political allegiance. It's a fact of modern football in 2020. We support Newcastle United Football Club, founded in 1892. Not the owners or the, and the supporters. As supporters, we will be here before and after any owners are gone. So what do we want from a new owner? And what will the standards be that we have to hold them to? Well we want a club that will seek to achieve long term footballing and financial success based on a sustainable model, seeing investment in players, in infrastructure, St. James's Park, the training ground and the academy. We want to see owners that will respect the traditions and history of Newcastle United and build a club with a strong community focus, with the club playing its heart, its role in the heart of the community, in a sporting, cultural, societal, and economic sense in Newcastle, and in the wider region. We want a club that will operate in an open and transparent manner, and give the fans a voice in the running of the club. A club that will value its supporters, that will be open and accessible to all, regardless of their age, income, ethnicity, gender, disability, sexuality, religious or moral belief. A club that will seek to represent the city and the wider region with pride, and will strive to be the best that it can be, and aspire to compete at the highest level, both nationally and internationally. And with that in mind, a stronger trust will give us a greater influence. We have close to 10,000 members now, but imagine our strength as a collective support if we had 50,000, 100,000. And I hope to encourage any of those that aren't members to join today. It's only a pound, and one of our digital wizards has made all the information available over my shoulder. So thank you. I look forward to hearing everyone's contributions as we move forward in what is going to be in a really interesting debate. So, thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Greg. Um, for those of you who are listening, we are aware that there are YouTube issues at the moment. So, hopefully, we'll get that uh, sorted, get that fixed. Um, and uh, the next speaker is Steve Hasty, who is representing the Fans Forum. Are you there, Steve? Hey, I'm George. Can you hear me? You can. Smashing.
7: That's great. Technology, yeah? <laughs> it's reached <Eden>. heating. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm a member of the Fans Forum and also one of the founder members along with Colin Whittle and Bill Corcoran uh, who founded the NUSC Fans uh, Food Bank. And obviously, community is very much at the, at the heart of, of what we feel is our football club. Um, and I think I, I just... Drafted a little piece here that I thought I'd read out. I have to wear specs because I'm getting old. I'm nearly as old as Ian, by the way. Um, What I just thought was that uh, while most Newcastle United supporters view any takeover simply as the removal of Mike Ashley as an owner and obviously the chief provocateur, I think it's inevitable that uh, the moment a takeover is announced, the attention will inevitably turn to what plans the new owners might have for the football club. I think it's no coincidence that uh, for the last 15 years we've been filled with anguish as the club slipped from its, what we consider, vaulted position as the entertainers of the Premier League to basically cannon fodder for relegation. I mean, 15 years ago, Newcastle made their last appearance in the FA Cup semi-final and moved forward four years from there and Mike Ashley's actions became what, for many, was the defining moment when the club effectively closed the door on any hope or desire that we may have had for success. I think as Ashley's arrival was seen by many as a new beginning, uh, that brief honeymoon period extended by the return of Keegan was simply expunged from the moment Keegan's tenure departed or ended uh, and from that moment onwards really the club just found itself lurching from one crisis to another. Uh, for many that was the moment that Ashley's relationship with the supporters became so toxic that his, uh, his every action was viewed with disdain and despair, I think, in equal measure. I think for those who are not steeped in the daily machinations and ongoing machinations of supporters versus Mike Ashley, this must seem uh, rather odd at best and crazy at worst. Um, to get a sense of it all, you have to understand Newcastle United supporters, our pride and our passion, our loyalty and our love for our football club, uh, also the love for our city and the pride we have in the region. Um, move forward, Newcastle United, where are we now? Um, new owners on the horizon, hopefully. I think that's what we're all looking for. Um, when, when we get new owners, so then obviously bridges have to be built, uh, relationships have to be, have to be nurtured, um, and well, obviously there will be a huge benefit in kind uh, that will be gained when Mike Ashley's replaced. Yes, there's going to be some quick wins, undoubtedly, but it's not going to be simply a case of coming armed with outlandish statements I think that Newcastle United fans will be waiting for and throwing out any plaudits or brandishing new ideas. I think what we'll be looking for will be a a coherent strategy that's been worked out and analysed and future-proofed. I think it's, it's very important to say that Newcastle United supporters do come from a broad church with a multitude of opinions some of them are quite wacky, um, some of them are political, but no matter how wacky uh, they may appear or how political, I think everything, everyone in Newcastle United's supporter deserves to be listened uh, and if we're to move away from the last, uh, what seems to be pertinent, herding cats position, that I think we've all heard many times now, um, that's pervaded this club over the last 13 years, uh, in some instances fairly longer. Yeah, there's going to be problems that we're going to overcome. Newcastle Night supporters will probably get drawn into discussions on topics and themes that are way beyond anything that we've previously considered. Um, ones that we considered normal in a safe place, uh, political commentary that mixes sports and human rights are going to inevitably be a, be a hot topic for us as supporters. And I think we're going to have to approach those topics rather sympathetically and most importantly, with uh, the appropriate due courtesy that those uh, topics need to be spoken about. I think finally, I'd just like to say that as a city, Newcastle and its people are known throughout the world for its position on human rights and our freedoms and obligations that human rights demand. Whether it's Martin Luther King, whether it's Nelson Mandela, who is a free, uh, freeman of the city. Uh, the people of Tyneside have always stood shoulder to shoulder with those who have uh, led the struggle and I think we will continue to do so. And I think that should be reassuring for the rest of the world, people who have concerns about who our new owners are and what their intentions are. Um, but if the right team's in place, the new owners, whoever they are and wherever they come from, I think we'll all welcome them with a strong and fair light um, and if we all work together, I think we can all work for the benefit of a united Newcastle. And I think that's important. Um, we'll not shirk from our responsibilities, but at the same time, at the end of the day, we are Newcastle United supporters. I think that's basically all I yeah, need to get over at, the po- at this point in time. Thanks, George.
3: Thank you very much, Steve. And now, if you just bear with me for a second, please. <clears throat> Uh, So you'll notice I've changed my uh, background just for a second. I have been asked to uh, read out a contribution from Hatice Cengiz, the fiancé of Jamal Khashoggi. So I'm reading out her contribution. My message to to you as loyal Newcastle fans is to stand together to oppose the takeover of your football club by the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. This is the right thing to do. Because Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who owns and controls the fund, was involved in the murder of the love of my life, Jamal Khashoggi. It happened on the 2nd of October 2018 in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. Jamal was brutally killed just days before our wedding. We went to the Saudi consulate to collect a certified copy of papers needed for our marriage. He had been lured there by Saudi officials. While I waited outside the gates of the consulate, a 15-member Saudi death squad, who had flown to Istanbul earlier that same day, ambushed Jamal and murdered him inside the consulate. They first suffocated him, then proceeded to cut his body in pieces using a bone saw. Then they smuggled Jamal's body out of the consulate and fled back to Saudi Arabia using the government's jets. To this day, Jamal's body has not been handed over. For weeks after the murder, Saudi officials denied knowing what happened to Jamal. However, when Turkish intelligence officials released evidence proving otherwise, the Saudi government admitted their agents killed Jamal. Every independent and impartial investigation, including by the CIA and by the United Nations, concluded that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered Jamal's murder. No one from the UK with a murder accusation will be allowed to own and direct a Premier League club, and the exact same standard must apply to others trying to get into football in England. I know that many Newcastle fans are desperate to replace the current owner, but that must not blind us to what the Crown Prince is accused of and how very serious this is. I urge you to ask whether this is really someone you want associated with you and your club. This is not about politics or business. It is about murder, plain and simple. It is also essential to think of the future and how this could detrimentally affect your club, its reputation and its strength as a football club. The Saudi Crown Prince is not the same as the Crown Prince of the UK. Saudi's Crown Prince is the de facto ruler of an absolute monarch. Since coming to power in Saudi Arabia, he has ruled with absolute force, arresting and torturing thousands who either get in his way, express a different view, or who he perceives to be a threat to his rule. Jamal was one of Saudi Arabia's leading journalists. He was silenced and banned from writing in any publication because the Crown Prince did not like what he was saying. Jamal had to leave Saudi Arabia. He moved to the United States because of the individual freedoms it offered, especially freedom of the press. In Washington, D.C., Jamal soon started writing for one of the most influential newspapers in the world, the Washington Post. We need to all consider why is the Crown Prince wanting to buy Newcastle Football Club now? Jamal's murder has destroyed his reputation. He is desperately trying to restore his good name and whitewash his responsibility for Jamal's murder. If he is allowed to purchase Newcastle Football Club, it will help him to cover up the crime. It will look as though all is back to normal. We must all stand together and united to prevent a cover-up and to uphold the time-honoured standards and ethics of the football league and British society. So, thank you for that contribution. If you bear with me, for a second. Thank you very much, Um, and now our next contributor is Jamila Khan from Amnesty International. Jamila?
8: Hi, hello everyone, and thank you to Chi for inviting me to this, and thank you to everyone uh, for listening in advance. Um, I just want to sort of touch on a few uh, quick points. Um, First of all, it's not for Amnesty International to say who should own a football club. Our view today is to discuss the human rights considerations in the deciding process of this takeover Um, and also just to touch on what Steve and Greg have also said, um, Amnesty International do not believe it's the responsibility of the fans to talk about human rights issues or to raise human rights concerns, rather we want to sort of use this as a spotlight to talk about sports washing and why there should continue to be a platform and a forum of discussion on human rights considerations um, and violations. Um, So just real quickly, just wanted to say, um, you know, the Premier League and all businesses have a responsibility to respect human rights in what they do, and that includes sports bodies and football teams. And the issue with this takeover is not that it's one individual who is, um, you know, considered a bit dodgy or a bit um, strange or has had weird um, involvement in human rights. It's a, a whole sovereign nation, it's a, a nation and um, the PIF is directly overseen by the um, Crown Prince and his involvement and implication in the murder of Jamal Khashoggi as well as the torture and arrest of women human rights defenders, the crackdowns and increase in the death penalty against juveniles is an issue that Amnesty International is concerned with. Um, and this is all to say you know, there's a separation between our um, criticism of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the Premier League uh, football as a business, and um, and the fan base, which um, part of which is part of the local community and consists of very loyal and passionate people involved in a lot of community work, as Gregs talked about, and food insecurity and food banks, and um, and so it's healthy to have this discussion, I believe. Um, So, our main concern is sports washing. Uh, Sports washing is the attempt of governments and states to use positive associations with people uh, that people will have with sport. It's to boost the image, to divert attention away from um, human rights violations that they are responsible for. So, Amnesty believes that uh, Saudi Arabia and its poor human rights record uh, with this takeover of a you know quite a prestigious and top tier football club is a way for amnesty to divert attention away it's a way for and um, saudi so to divert attention away from um it's abysmal human rights record. um in recent years saudi authorities have hosted a string of high profile international sporting events which have been aimed to boost saudi's profile it's not just this takeover we are looking at um formula one we're looking at um world championships of boxing um, and sports watching is not just something that Saudi commits, we've been quite vocal on the Beijing Olympics in 2008, uh, Sochi um, and as well as Qatar. But Qatar talking about the human rights violations had a positive effect um, when FIFA allowed Qatar to host the World Cup in um, for 2022. In 2016 Amnesty International wrote to the Chief Executive and the Manchester Council to um, put out a public statement in solidarity of migrant workers um, and the treatment they were receiving in Qatar. And that actually led to um, some implementations of scrutiny of Qatar. So what we're trying to say is New Capital Funds did feel um, positive and celebrate the football club and the new investment into it. Um, what we are trying to get across is that human rights should be considered in the process of deciding this and that there should be a space um, to raise human rights issues. If you're concerned about what you're hearing about uh, women human rights defenders who just peacefully express the right to thrive and are still uh, detained and and tortured in prisons and then that's something that you should perhaps raise if you're concerned about it but it's no means your responsibility to you know, fans are responsible for some of the most great campaigns, like Kick It Out. And um, You know, it's the fans' desire to kick racism out of football, which led to um, the changes that we see today. I mean, the UK is, you know, one of the countries that has at least, least racist chanting. I mean, in Europe, there's more to do, clearly, but it's a good positive step. And what we are trying to say is, um, you know, As long as there is a forum and there is uh, a space for people to openly criticise Saudi Arabia and its uh, treatment of human rights and and activists, um, then that's all we can hope for. It's not our responsibility to say who should own a football club and um, what the band should do, but if you are interested in championing um, some of these human rights concerns as you are with social justice issues domestically, like food insecurity, and that would be something, you know, really welcome. Um, Newcastle is a great club, and and we just look forward to campaigning with activists on the ground and uh, with Newcastle fans, should they wish to. So thank you very much.
3: Okay, thank you, Jamila, and just to let you know that we have a couple of speakers left to go, and then we're opening it up to you guys. So we're trying to keep these comments as uh, as short as possible so that everybody gets a chance to have a have a say um so next up we have ghanam al-masarir uh, the saudi activist and satirist are you with us ghanem
9: yes i am can you hear me
3: we can Loud me clear
9: thank you uh, good afternoon everybody my name is ghanam al-masarir uh, i host a youtube show which called the ghanam show for years And um, I would like to uh, explain why I oppose uh, the takeover by the Saudis. Uh, First of all, Saudi has uh, a huge record of abusing human rights back home. Uh, I can't mention uh, case by case or uh, name, but uh, recently we have uh, Jamal Khashoggi, which was killed and dismembered in Saudi consulate. the reason is is because he was uh, a generalist and speaking up his mind. And uh, a week ago, we have um, Doctor Abdullah Al Hamid died in prison in age of seventy five um, because uh, and he was imprisoned because of uh, his activism inside the kingdom. So and there are thousands the women who. Um, uh, campaigned to allow get women to drive was jailed, uh, and there are thousands of uh, human rights. So, uh, Saudi record of human rights is something you know what nobody will be proud of. Um, and uh, by allowing Saudi Arabia to take over, which is MBS, the crown prince to take over Newcastle, he is planning to. Uh, messages to the Saudi people and to the West, to to, to the British uh, people as well. The message to the Saudis is uh, he can get away with murder, uh, the killing and dismembering of Jamal Khashoggi, which he got away with it. Uh, And he he can say to the Saudis, uh, I I am now, I can do what I want. And uh, even they allowed me in the West to buy this club. and to the West, he wanted to, say, to uh, promote his uh, propaganda and to, um, well, to to clean his image, which is not a good image right now. Um, I don't think the um, uh, UK government sh- should allow this to happen. And I think the Premium League should reconsider this takeover by allowing thought or anything to happen because um, if MBS got uh, uh, this purchase, um, that is uh, gonna be embarrassing to the UK government because uh, allowing someone with the blood in his hand, a criminal, there is no difference between him and the Kim Jong-un or others. So uh, that will send the signal to all the criminals around the world, you can come and buy uh, Uh, football club in the UK, which uh, mentioned earlier as um, history, heritage, something belongs to the people and uh, their voice should be considered. Therefore, uh, I do uh, wish this purchase does not go ahead and um, uh, I wish they will reconsider Allowing the Saudis to take it uh, to take off, because I, I am a big fan or myself of football. But if MBS bought it, I, I would not be. I would not uh, attend any football match in that club because I would fear all my life. Uh, we all know that he killed someone in his council. So, with the saying that, uh, there are millions of uh, investors around the world. I, I, I think. Uh, there we, There are people who, who have good reputation to take over this and to make it a, a good club for the community and for the fans and for for everybody. Not the MBS. With that, thank you so much for uh, listening.
3: Thank you very much for joining us, Ganem. Thank you, appreciate that. And uh, now, uh, in our final uh, final speaker before before we hand it over to uh, to to fans, I'd like to call upon Steve Wraith from Newcastle legends to uh, to say a few words too. Steve, over to you.
10: Yeah, good evening. And uh, just want to express my thanks to Chi for pulling this together and for you for hosting this, George. Um, Can I also say that, you know, we, as Newcastle United fans and people of this fabulous city, Newcastle, obviously, uh, you know give our deepest condolences to, you know, uh, Khashoggi's family and obviously his partner who obviously had to suffer such a, a horrific incident. Um, and also, um, you know, I also would like to say, you know, congratulate the, the lady from Amnesty who made some very valid points. And, and obviously Amnesty have to be heard because they are a, a, a very big organisation and do fantastic work worldwide. However, this is sport this is Newcastle United and this is our club and as supporters we want to see a new owner. We've had Mike Ashley at our club for 13 years. 12 of those 13 years have been very very painful for supporters and I know a lot of people will think that there's a lot more to life than football but for a city which basically survives because of the football team and and lives and breathes football, it's very, very important to us. And essentially what we want is change. And we've now got that opportunity. And I think anyone who lives in the city will agree with me that we've got a fantastic city. It's very diverse. It's a multicultural city. And it's a city that we're all extremely proud of. And for me to see uh pcp partners facilitating a deal which of course involves a vast amount of investment from from the saudi pif but also includes jewish money with the Rubin brothers and good old north yorkshire money with um, amanda stavely who was married to an iranian um we have a diverse set of owners coming into the club it seems so for me that That ultimately is something which we should also encourage. Maybe we could help solve world peace once we've managed to get our football club back to normal. Um, What would I like to see the new owners bring? Very simple. Communication. It's something we haven't had from Mike Ashley for 13 years. Communication will improve our football club. It will improve the relationship between the fans and the club. We want the club legends welcomed back into the into the club. We've we've seen many of our legends, you know, embarrassed or kicked out of of St James's Park. We want to welcome them back in because they can do so much for us in ambassadorial roles and in and around the club. We need to take a leaf out of the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United's books with our legends. It won't happen overnight, but we need the money that they bring in, from Saudi in particular, to help us with the infrastructure within the club, to improve our training facilities, improve, improve our fabulous stadium, and of course, improve our team, which is what essentially drives everything else forward. But I think the most important thing is reaching out into the community. We have a few speakers on tonight, Steve Hasty, Bill Corsman in particular, who were involved in the food bank which George has supported himself and many of us have as fans. And for me personally, getting involved in the community is again something that our football club does on a regular basis but doesn't do enough of. We need to be encouraging the women's football team. We need to be investing in the women's football team. We need to be reaching out to all the the other diverse groups. Uh, We we need to be building on the the success of the foundation and of Newcastle's Pride. There's so many things that we can do as a football club because we are a community club. But unfortunately, that can only happen if this takeover goes through. And for me, that is the one reason that we should be embracing uh, you know, our involvement, not only with Saudi, but with Amanda Stabley, who is facilitating the deal with PCP. So for me, it's a great opportunity. Let's hope that it goes through and we can all get the cans out in the next couple of weeks. Thanks very
3: much for the opportunity to speak. Thank you very much Steve and thank you indeed to all of our speakers and what we're going to do now is um, we are going to open the floor up to you and firstly that means uh, we have a, a list of uh, people who have asked to make a contribution so we'll go to them first just to let you know that the chat function on Zoom is now open so um, that's something we'll have a look at as well and um, if you can uh, please bear with us at this bit because we're going to have to try and unmute people individually as we ask them to to make their points and so uh, obviously if we have everybody unmuted at the same time we'll just all be shouting and talking over each other so first up um, I have Graham Townsley Graham if, um, if you bear with us for a second and um, if you can make your point when you're ready please that would be great
11: uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for this. Um, I did start off just on my email, just to give you a background that um, I've been supporting the club since the '70s. Season ticket holder since last 25 years, and last summer um, when Rafa went, then that was my that was my cue to go. And it was purely just because I didn't feel it over my club anymore. Um, I don't think. Um, um well I was one of 5,000 but I think a lot of people have felt that over the last few years um I don't think there's much point in talking about who's going to be the new manager new player because of players because I just think that's irrelevant really to that side of things um my hope I think is to bring all the local, um, businesses into the in the northeast that have such great talent to actually work and try and develop the club and can compete with our community spirit i do appreciate that the money that is needed to run the club i.e sponsorship deals will be bigger multinational companies but I really, really hope that um, the new board do go around, do co- contribute and do get to know the local businesses from that side of things. Because I think the big thing with the bond of the city is when the people and the city come together. And the other bit i don't like to say is um, I do work and travel myself, but I think the tourism as well, if we can do that, because I'm pretty sure there'll be lots of people come to this city as hopefully we get more successful. And I think, again, to work with the uh, tourist boards and... in make us the welcoming city we are can only be good for the economy and really build up the city I think it's a real good opportunity for the city to grow with the local businesses and the local uh, tourist boards from that side of things so that is really overall my sort of point of view really and I think that's the positive side and the exciting bit Newcastle could be
3: brilliant Graham thank you very much indeed Um, that's a great way to kick us off Um, I should have said beforehand, um, we're trying to keep contributions to a couple of minutes, if possible. Graham, you did that perfectly, so thank you very much indeed. Um, And next on my list is Brian Swanson. So um, hopefully in a second or two, Brian will be ready to join us. Are you there, Brian? I am, George. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yeah, let me hear Brian.
12: Right, but a lot of what I've got to say is that I wish to speak against the takeover. A lot of what I want to say has been covered uh, by previous speakers, particularly that powerful letter from um, Mr Khashoggi's fiancée, Ms. Sengiz. Uh, But I'll read it anyway, but it might be some repetition in it. Um, His name has been mentioned just obliquely, actually, not not directly, but it, it is a fact that if this takeover goes ahead, Crown Prince... Um, Mohammed bin Salman, will be the new ultimate owner of the Gas United Football Club, even though apparently his name doesn't appear in any legal takeover papers. Now, there may be a good reason for that. Uh, he didn't, probably didn't want his name mentioned at any early stage, but he will be the ultimate owner. His uh, public investment fund have, have, are putting up 80% of the uh, the fee, which is around £240 million. Now, he controls the whole of Saudi Arabia, probably, certainly the public investment fund, and there's no way he's going to um, invest £240 million and not um, be in control. Um, In my opinion, and the opinion of many others, uh, including, as I said, uh, Mr Khashoggi's fiancé, Mr Bin Salman is not fit and proper person to own our great football club or any other one for that matter. Um, As they say, he's been accused of many human rights abuses, um, the the war in Yemen and um, the crackdown on feminists and human rights activists in Saudi Arabia. Um, And, of course, the incident in uh, the Saudi consulate in Istanbul is well known now to everyone. Um, On his... um, I'll not go over that deal again, but basically he was murdered there uh, whilst he was trying to get uh, his wedding certificate, um, which was to happen a few days later. And Ms. Cengiz, his fiancée, sat outside, as she said, the whole time, but never saw him again. And as she said, both the UN and CIA have um, said the murder was ordered by Bin Salman. Uh, I would have thought this guy with this reputation wouldn't be the sort of, of man, Geordie's, would want to own their great football club. I understand um, the long-held wish the fans have to see the end of Mike Ashley uh, and the, for the club to sort out finances that enable them to compete for the best players and thereby challenge for the top comp- competitions. Um, but this is not the way to do it. Bin Salman makes Mike Ashley look like Captain Tom. He will use the club and the global power of the Premier League to whitewash his reputation, as he is seen around the world, sitting in our director's box, entertaining the great and the good. I can't believe Geordies could really be happy selling their birthright for this blood money, just to win a few football trophies. If the takeover goes ahead, that will not be the end of it, just the beginning. St James's Park will become the focal point for demonstrations against the Saudis. The <laughs> army will be vilified at waygrounds, and the reputation of the city of Newcastle and George's everywhere will be tarnished by association. Okay, Brian.
3: Uh, I just I, got one, uh, one, one more sentence. Uh, okay. okay, well, we're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to give it two minutes each, and you're almost double that time. So we have to be fair cool. to oh, everybody. Also yeah, well, then, yeah. just to finish off, on, um,
12: Let's do the right thing and stand behind Miss Chengiz rather than this bully. Thank you,
3: George. Uh, that 's great thanks Brian. I appreciate that it 's very tough for everybody because this is uh, you know this is something that 's very important to all of us for lots of reasons um, and uh, some of them very emotive and but we have to try and be fair to everybody just so we can try and hear as many voices as possible and so I really don 't want to interrupt and because that 's rude. Um, but also, if you can try and please keep uh, your your contributions to a couple of minutes, that would be great because that means we can hear as many as possible. So uh, next up, we have Akhil PK. Akhil PK. So, are you there, Akhil? Do we have Akhil there? Not as yet. So I might move on to the next one on my list and see. Possibly we can come back to Akil. One more chance for Akil. All right, I'm going to go to Marion Williams, who's next on the list. Hi, Marion. You just pops up on my screen, so I'm hoping that means uh, you can hear me. Um, please, uh, please go ahead with your contribution.
13: Yes, thank you, George. Um, I've been involved with Newcastle for. For many a year now and was on the fans liaison committee one of the elected uh, fans representatives many many years ago so the the notion that fans will ever have much say in their club is a bit of a moot point as, as many of you on here will fully understand um, for me uh, i fully respect those involved with human rights and would be the first amongst many to to call people out And therefore, it's been a a huge dilemma for me to to see somebody who we we can despise so readily come forward to take on our our club. Um, And that tension will never go away, even if and when the the takeover is successful. But what I do know is I'll always support my club, Newcastle United. Um, You'll tell from my accent I wasn't born here. But it is my my adopted club and one that I love dearly, along with my son, whose passion um, is is hard to match. The country's relationship with um, Saudi Arabia has been pretty dysfunctional and embarrassing for many years. Um, I think we take about 3% of their oil these days. It used to be much more. Uh, But the arms trade through the AE and the thousands of jobs, not just in this region, but across the country, has been very important. And I've often spoken out against it. I was absolutely appalled and horrified to see how women are treated, how journalists are treated, how minors um, were receiving the death penalty. So uh, the list would go on, and and it does stack up against. But what I would say is this, because I always want to see a positive in something. And I think we must work with. Amnesty International and other individuals and organisations with this. As Saudi Arabia comes out into the Western world, and and do recognise that the amount of money that's being put into Newcastle pales into insignificance when you compare it to structural investments in the United States, when you look at the stake in Tesla, when you look at their um, recent stake in Live Nation, an an entertainment group, And I do feel that Newcastle's being singled out quite unfairly, as usual, um, to to take the butt of this when there are so many other organisations involved. So So, in their interest in coming out into the Western world, they are addressing some of their human rights. No way are they going far enough, but it's a start. And if Newcastle United can play a role, as we do in so many ways, in bringing a country out of its darkest practices into a more Western view of the world, which in itself we can criticize, but but if we can bring them out of that dark place and free a lot of the human rights that, that we share and enjoy up for people in that country, then Newcastle will be proud. We are a proud people and we should be proud that we could make a very positive step in the right direction here. But don't ever forget that that, that will be a very important part for the fans to play. In any takeover
3: by this group, thank you. All right, Mary. Thank you very much indeed. That's great. You're in a little bit of trouble for going over, but um, but but thank you very much. I know it's very difficult for everybody, and so uh, I'm trying to kind of chivvy everybody along as much as possible. But thanks, thanks again, and thanks all of us. Uh, thanks to everybody. Sorry for bearing with us. Right, I gather we now have Akil, uh back on the line. So if Akil, um is with us, we'd love to get your contribution now, please. <coughs> hi, hi, Josh. Hi, Akhil.
14: Go ahead. You've got a couple of Yeah, I, I'm from India, and uh, it's few few Newcastle United fans here in India, but I'm supporting uh, since 2005. Um, this 50 years, I'm um, supporting Newcastle United, and uh, I'm so much glad to hear that uh, the takeover is uh, news. Uh, news uh, takeover news is spreading, and uh, may or may not it happen, but we will always stick uh, together with. Uh, with Newcastle United. That Saudi owner, uh, bid, uh, I think that before two years, uh, I take over uh, in rejected by Mike Ashley, and this 350 million uh, and uh, take over will definitely, the, the main thing is that we all definitely want to end the Mike Ashley era. That uh, two relegations that we suffered, uh, we have been a great team in the 90s to two thousand. Uh, uh, that's the main point. Is that all fans? Definitely, that ninety percent, ninety-seven percent of fans uh, support to that takeover. Uh, is is only because they are devastated by this uh, Mike Ashley's uh, decisions. That ten managers, I think that, uh, in that period of time, that those thirteen years, that we suffered a lot. We definitely want to, uh, be that, uh, be that Newcastle United in the past. We have great history and. Um, we, I hope that we will uh, we'll definitely be a great team.
3: Thank you, Akil. That's great. You get bonus points for uh, one and a half minutes, so thank you very much. Um, that's great. Thanks very much indeed. Great to hear from you. Um, our next contributor is Tony Charlton. So um, hopefully, Tony, we got to join us soon. Tony, are you there?
15: Yeah. Um, Hi. Tony. I, yeah,
16: I, I just feel that the. The, the human it's got nothing to do with football governments and stuff like that and it should stay that way football and sport should be completely separate to governments and to foreign scrutiny.
3: is that it thank you tony mm. that's uh short and sweet um okie dokie uh thank you for that next up somebody who I know very well. Um, Mark Douglas, do we have a uh, Mr Mark Douglas on the
17: Mark, are you there? George, how are you doing? I'm looking radiant, mate.
3: Trust a journalist to be absolutely ill-prepared.
17: <laughs> how you Come on, mate? you're live. you using
3: okay? up, You are using up all your time. You've got two minutes and I'm going to be ruthless with you. Two minutes.
17: Okay, um, I think um, there's been some absolutely fantastic points tonight. I think the main thing, the main point that I wanted to make tonight was um, just that Newcastle fans, I think um, I, I think there's no doubt that the majority are for this takeover. Um, I, my only point is that I think that they should make sure that this is a really important time for them to be able to extract sort of promises from the new owners uh, and also any concerns that they do have. This is the exact time. I think for them to voice them, don't just um, welcome in new owners uh, without uh, any, kind of, um, any kind of questions for them. But I think, uh, you know, my, my final point, trying to get in under two minutes, uh, would be that, you know, that, that we should listen to the supporters here. If, if the majority are for it, I do, I do think that um, people should not lecture supporters. Um, but I think it's very important that we're all educated on things like human rights. But I do think, um, you know this is a great time don't just don't just let new owners in and um, because we see the money um, make sure that they're they the right people for Newcastle United and I'm sure these people will be uh, a lot of them involved with the uh, with the deal but then you know we also have to look at the other the other um, the other side of it as well. Thank you Mark that's great really appreciate that. Um,
3: okay we're going through these Um Next up, we have Neil Newton. So I'm hoping that uh, Neil will be able to join us very soon. Neil, are you there? Yes, good evening. Hi, Neil.
4: I just wanted to make
18: the point that uh, I support the uh, I support the removal of Mike Ashley if he's going to sell. Uh, he's, had his, he's had his foot on the throat of the club's ambition now for the 13 years he's been there. Uh, my children who are taken the match. They're, they're all they've known is as Mike Ashley. So from a football perspective, I just want to go back to the game with some hope. Um, the human rights issues um, I'm aware of, um, you know, terrible murder, but all nation states have some blood on our hands somewhere along the line. Um, I think that side of it, uh, the the political dealings um, should be left. Well, not, not necessarily left. Yes, of course, should be educated on human rights. Uh, that's not to say that many fans aren't already. Um, but ultimately, our governments, our current governments and past governments continue to deal with the Saudi Arabian regime. So I think more effort... From on their side, particularly with arms and likes of that, uh, with weapons, uh, the the war in Yemen, we're aware of that. Um, so I support Newcastle United, but I certainly don't support the human rights abuses in Saudi.
3: Thank you. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed, Neil. Appreciate that. Thanks very much for joining us for taking the time to do that. Um, next up, we have Umar Farouk. Umar, are you with us?
19: Hi, Joy, can you hear me?
3: Can indeed, Umar, yeah, go ahead.
19: Yeah, well, I'm going to keep it brief because a lot of my points have been made already by people, some great points. Um, just two points, really. Um, firstly, just what what Newcastle fans want, with Mike Ashley, obviously, uh, being here for 13 years. I think a lot of things that the new owners will do potentially would appease a lot of our fans because what Ashley's done has been, you know, obviously not good for the club, or the community, everything. So... I think we're open for investment and change um, and I think whatever new owners bring would be uh, much appreciated. Um, I don't think we're expecting, you know, overnight success, lots of spending. I think it's about slow growth, it's about investment, it's about building the club, the infrastructure. That's the important thing. Uh, secondly, in terms of the points made by human rights, I think it's, I think with, with the Saudi regime and what they've done, this whole thing about sports washing, et cetera, you know, we've seen the images slowly changing. They are opening themselves up, you know, we had WWE going there, we had Anthony Joshua fighting in Saudi Arabia, and I think this could be, as Marion said earlier on, it could be a time for, of change for everyone to understand what, you know, what the country's about, but also, you know, raise our voices, um, and, you know, bring out, you know, our opinion of, less human rights abuse, we stand against that, but, just to, you know, to tarnish the entire country and say, you know, the human rights abuses there, etc. And this takeover should not happen. I don't agree with that. As a Newcastle fan, obviously against human rights abuses everywhere. And I think it's not just a one-way conversation. When the owners come in, you know, we want to raise our voices as well against any abuse and speak up against it. But at the same time, appreciate that the takeover would mean a lot of new good things for, for the city and the club.
3: Thank you, Umar. That's great. And uh, let me just say again, thanks to everybody who's uh, joining in, either by asking, uh, either by making points or by watching. It's really appreciated. Um, Thank you, Umar. Next up, we have Dan Clark. Is Dan Clark with us, please?
20: I am, yeah, George. Can you hear us? Hi, Dan. Yeah, loud and clear. Thank you. Nice one. Um, Yeah, I'll just jump straight on it. I'd really like to see the support as Trust push for 10% fan ownership um, and maybe that could be a good vehicle to do that. I wouldn't expect it to happen overnight, but I would like to see that happen. I would like to see uh, our MPs maybe even table something in Parliament to try and protect other clubs in the same way. Maybe that ship sealed, I don't know, but I would like to see that happen. Um, I would also like the council and our leaders to bend over backwards to support whoever our new owners are in making the club as vibrant as possible and the region. I, I t- completely trust those people to raise human rights in the right place at the right time and in the right way. And I think that's important too. I would love to see the club release a statement, welcoming Amnesty's input and praising the work that they do, because I think that's crucial. And you can welcome both parties to the table. I think as a club, we can do that. Um, Finally, I'd really like to see... uh, Our club needs to heal, George, and and I would love to see that happen spectacularly, really. I would like to see a really big campaign initiative or an occasion... Um, to, to relaunch our club and to reconnect it back with the support as back with the region um, and involve as many cultural institutions as we can in that. Um, I think the region really could do with investment. Um, obviously, there's massive issues around where the, the majority of this consortium money is coming from. Um, I don't think that you resolve human rights issues or that you help countries to modernize by isolating them economically. I don't, I've never seen, personally, I've never seen any case studies of that working. Um, So I I think it's a really good opportunity actually to maybe help those people by welcoming um, that investment, you know. Um, And that's a big thing for me to say because I work as a writer and I realize the level um, of persecution that people in Saudi Arabia have, have had to endure at the hands of, of, of the crown prince there um that's everything i've got to say thanks george i really appreciate it that, that this has been put on by Cheese him and everything it's been great thanks
3: well thanks very so much dan that's great great having you and really appreciate you uh taking the time out to to chat to us uh that's what it's all about thank you very much um mm-hmm. next up on the list we have steve harrop is steve harrop there please i am can you hear me can hear you loud and clear, Steve. Go
21: ahead. Thanks for having me on. Uh I'd just like to raise um first of all, I think Dan, Omar and Marion have raised some brilliant points and I also took in Brian's as well. There's two words I think I'd like to put here. One is hope and one is journey. And I think for me, I'm one of those little boys that climbed up the steps with my dad when I was little and fell in love with the place and couldn't do nothing else with it since and it's been my lifelong love affair of nearly 56 years. The journey is important. We as a country have been on a journey over hundreds of years, and we've been one of those nations that's got a lot of blood on our hands, and have done many things around the world. But I'd like to think, the two words would combine in hope and journey, that this would be a window to everybody. If we get the Saudi investment in, they would have to be more open, in terms of what people were seeing because we would be that window and we would be provided with the hope to take our club which needs that and hasn't had it for 13 years but also to take it into a region which relies on it but equally the hope is is that there will be change there'll be change in the club there'll be change in the city and the region and it'll be change from our owners and the key owner to actually be a better contributor to what goes on. I do think football and politics should be separate because there's too many examples of other people who bought clubs with terrible records and we've not done much about that as a Premier League or as a government. But I think today, it's the hope that Newcastle United will grow with people and take them with us. Because I think that's our cultural heritage. We give people hope and we've had it taken from us for too long. So well done everybody else. But that's my point and i really am passionate about the two as you can probably tell <laughs> thank you
3: that's great thank you steve you also have the fantastic tasting shirts if you don't mind me saying so um right um thank you thank you steve right next up we have cliff cully is Ooh, cliff cully there for us please hey there hi can you see me yeah, we can see you and we can hear you loud and clear.
5: Okay. Um, actually, the point I was going to make is very well presented by Dan earlier on. Do I want us to be taken over? Yes. Do I want us to be taken over by this group? I feel very uncomfortable about it. Football clubs are more than just a business. It's part of the community, and it's that's particularly so with Newcastle. The reality is that we cannot stop wealthy individuals or organisations owning football clubs. Probably no, do we want to? Um, however, we can't allow a club to promote their owners' immorality or unacceptable customs, either directly or indirectly. Which we've done to a certain extent with with Mike Ashley. The law helps in a way. For example, it won't allow homophobic or racist or sexist propaganda however it's it's more than that the club represents the the culture of the city and its people and that should not be tarnished by association with unwanted owners so how do we how do we help just to try and alleviate that i think it's imperative that the club's decisions can be influenced by the city and its people we therefore need meaningful representation of clubs by elected fans to directly influence the decision making of the club. And I think that can only come through legislation, only come through law, through parliament, from, from MPs that will ensure that all clubs, you know, like there's positive examples out there like Leicester City and such like, but if all clubs had a percentage of the fan base on the board of directors to influence that decision making. I think that would be a positive aspect and might be a positive outcome from this. So I invite the MPs that are listening in to consider that, and possibly move that in Parliament.
3: Smashing. Thank you very much indeed, Cliff. And um, I don't mean this to be patronising or trying, because I'm a Newcastle fan as well, but I just would just like to say the tone of this conversation and uh, the points made are fabulous there. Educational for me, they're interesting and they're respectful and they're inclusive. So, thank you very much indeed. I'm really enjoying this. Um, okay, so next up we have Christopher Argris. I hope I've pronounced that right. Argris, Christopher, are you there?
22: Close enough. Thank you, uh, George, and uh, thank you, chief for uh, facilitating this uh, forum. Um, as an American expat in UK uh, since 2015, supported. United since uh, 1993. Uh, I, I, I can speak to the international reach of new- United back uh, to the entertainers' era under John Holt's ownership and the uh, promise of new ownership, ownership, who doesn't just care about the turning of profit uh, for a portfolio, but sees the benefit of investing in the squad, the club, and the community. Uh, Newcastle will always have diehard supporters, uh, no matter what ownership. But we need to get the club back on side with the community and with the tuned. Uh, to turn the page on Mike Ashley's fraught ownership and to restore the glory of a proud club that has not just won uh, many famous victories and trophies, but is the beating heart and soul of Tyneside and the greater Newcastle and Northeast. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much indeed, Christopher. That's, that's great. Thank you for your contribution. Um, okay, um, next on the list we have Peter Morn. Are you with us, Peter? I am indeed, George. Um, thank you for joining me this you. evening. Thank you. Uh, I have to declare an interest because
23: I'm an elected director of the Newcastle United Supporters Trust, but that doesn't make me any less a fan. I, uh, I just wanted to say that this is all about politics, but the politics it should be about is the politics of Newcastle United, not world politics. We all have our own political views on human rights in particular, and you couldn't help but be moved by some of the things we've heard this evening. But let's keep this in in perspective. We're talking about a football club. A football club that's very important to many of us. But a football club, nonetheless, it's not a sovereign nation, nor can we as a club possibly have any say in the way a sovereign nation conducts itself. But we can well I hope we can with the new owners have a say in our club and the way our club is run and that's what we want to do whoever owns the shares in the club we want to have an influence and that's the politics which is important and that's why I was delighted to hear from Greg Tomlinson earlier on the work of the trust so all I can say is thanks for everyone who organized this it's been enlightening it's been extremely well run and I'm grateful to have played a small part.
3: Oh, smartly, Peter. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for joining us. That's uh, that's that's marvelous. Um okay. So next up we have another Stephen, Stephen Coburn, Stephen Cockburn, not sure how to pronounce that. So you can put us straight at Stephen if you're
24: there. Hi it's uh, Stephen Coburn. There's there's no other way of pronouncing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, thanks everyone. And it's a really great debate. And um, I'm, I've been a fan since games in the 80s. I should also declare, I do work for Amnesty International as well, but I'm coming to this as a member of the Supporters Trust. Um, I'm a fan myself. Um, I'm as desperate as everyone else to get rid of Mike Ashley, desperate to bring some hope back, desperate for the club to mean something again. Uh, and so I've been excited about takeovers for years. I am uneasy about this as a, as a fan, not just as a, as, a, as a human rights professional. I'm worried that our club's going to get misused. Um, for someone else's agenda, not ours. And I think, you know, we, we were here before uh, Saudi Perth, will be here afterwards. I think we have a role as fans to try and protect that reputation and our, and our values and our, our commitment to social justice. And that's not to say that it's a fan's fault or it's not on us, but we've got no choice in the takeover, but we do have a choice about how we react to it. And I'm actually really heartened to hear the discussions today, actually, I think it's really good, and the discussions in the chat as well. And um, I think it's, it's, it's just important... You know, the only way that we can counteract an idea of sports watching is to talk about human rights, is to actively campaign, is to actively speak out about it. Um, I think it'd be great to think about ways that the supporters' trust could create that space for fans to do that. And and I I don't know what that would look like exactly, or if there are groups of fans who who could run campaigns. And that's to show that we are not just passengers in this deal, that we are part of it. And even if the the owners own the club, they don't own our views. And uh, I think it'd be a really great, positive thing for fans to do to show that we do have those values and we want to support the team, but we're not condoning everything that, that goes on the owners. But the clubs have done it. The Spirit of Shankly are a quite good group at Liverpool. Um, have spoken out about Qatar. Same with Bayern Munich. There's a lot to learn out there. Um, and honest, if, the, if, the, if the Spirit is as good as the conversation here in the chat, I, I, I'm much more optimistic than I was before the call.
3: So uh, thank you for, for organising this. Smashing, Stephen. Thank you very much. Yes, just to just to uh, say the make the point again, the debate has been has been uplifting and wonderful, and and done in absolutely the right spirit. Uh, I have been alerted to some comments on YouTube, and it's just to say that when I said at the start that we have zero tolerance for uh, abuse, we do mean that seriously. And so, if there is abusive stuff, that will be forwarded to the relevant authorities. I don't mean that to sound. Um, Uh, worse than it does but you know we do have a responsibility to engage in respectful, polite passionate, engaged debate on here it's been absolutely wonderful, let's please keep it like that, Um, that's very important and it's part of who we are as Newcastle fans Um, Right, thank you very much Stephen next on the list is Alan Park, are you there Alan? I am, hello Um,
25: Hi Alan I think Hi. I, I suppose I'd start by saying, first of all, I think uh, the takeover should go through. I don't think Newcastle United fans should be expected to do any different than our own government has done for a number of years now. But I don't think that comes at the expense of scrutiny. And I think if we were to look back 13 years, there's probably a few people who wished we'd scrutinised uh, the intentions of Mike Ashley 13 years ago. Uh, and so whilst I think the takeover should go through, I do think it should be properly scrutinized by both journalists, MPs, but also our own fan groups, the Supporters Trust, in, in actually asking what is the intention behind this purchase? What what do uh, you know the PIF actually want to achieve with Newcastle United? What's the intention? Because uh, I think if we do that, we can, as has been said previously, we can shine a light onto some of the reasons behind this, some of the maybe intentions behind it, and, and, and actually it can become more of a force for good. Um, there was a great article on The Athletic over the weekend by James Mons which didn't seek to blame Newcastle fans. It didn't seem, seek to put the onus on Newcastle fans or make them culpable. It just said, look, this is why um, Mohammed bin Salman is, is doing this. And I thought it was excellent. And I thought it was a shame that that didn't get as much traction on social media as articles about coutinho and Pochettino and and things like that. So, I suppose I would urge everyone, in the spirit of tonight's debate, to, to look at that article, uh, shine a light on 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 the intentions behind this, and scrutinise um the intentions of our of our prospective new owners.
3: Thank you very much, Alan. Nice plug. I'll certainly gratefully actually, uh, accept that. Um, but no, thank you very much indeed. Um, right, we're well, moving swiftly on. Uh, Neil Mitchell. Uh, Neil is a name I know very well. Are you there, Neil?
26: I am. Thank you very much, George. And thank you very much, everybody, for organising this evening.
3: Good lad. Crack on.
26: Okay. Um, Basically, I I think from my point of view, and I'm on record as seeing this, that football fans aren't here to solve the world. We're here to support our football club and a lot of us use that 90 minutes on a Saturday to get away from the world for a little bit. But that doesn't mean we should be ignorant of the wider world. And I think what I'm very proud of this evening is that this um, forum has demonstrated the, the depth of knowledge, the passion and the intelligence in the fan base. And we're asking, not, not frightened to ask the right questions. And I think that's something, um, it's almost been insinuated by certain parts that have Knocked us down rather during the Ashley years for asking questions and we're now being told to rise up and ask questions. Well, we ask questions, ask everyone going back to Westwood and and forward. Um, I'm excited at the prospect for the region, for the club not just regionally but globally there are so many opportunities there with the kind of investment we're talking about but with that comes something we must be acutely aware of is a fan base in my opinion and that's the geopolitical situation that we have going on that the club will inevitably be dragged into and the fans will inevitably be dragged into and the only way we can get across to the wider world that we're engaging with everybody is to do it in a calm and measured fashion such as this evening, don't react instantly to people who are looking for a reaction. Take a step back and think about, well, why, where's this information coming? And then why is that being said the way it is? I've reached out to fans across the Middle East and, and Africa over the last couple of days. And I can even find you guys in Tripoli, very much war-torn Tripoli, right at the centre of this geopolitical situation, who are still excited by the takeover. And how torn they must be, um, inside about that. But at the same time, it's about their football club. What they say is their football club, and I think we've got so many opportunities as a fan base to stand up and make everybody proud of the city and everybody proud of the club again, and make us proud of ourselves again. And we need more interaction like this to do that.
3: Thank you, Neil. Um, that was my least unpleasant visit to a dentist uh, for a very long time. Neil, by the way, is a dentist which is why I'm saying that. Um, Right, thank you very much indeed. Um, Next up we have Keith Gray. Is
27: Keith Gray there please? I am here George, thank you and thank Chi and the Trust for pulling this together and a special thank you to James who looks like he's putting a shift in the background to to sort this out. Saudi Arabia are a wealthy country, I think of that there's no doubt, but as a society, despite their wealth, you might well argue that socially, developmentally, they're not quite in the same century as we are, and that goes for other cultures too. Anybody self-schooling at the minute will open history books to look at our good selves drowning women for being witches, if they survived that, then we burned them because that meant that they were a witch. So perhaps, as a culture, we could help educate others who have moved on ourselves. It's clear they invest worldwide, governments, including our own, universities, including many of our own as well, and recently including holiday companies and cruise lines. I've never seen a cruise line town hall being needed because of complaints in the media against Saudi investment. So why is it so important to journalists in the UK that Newcastle United bear the brunt of this apparent upsurge of anger towards them? This will bring investment to our city, the wider county, jobs for many areas, and with what's going on at the minute, by God, that money's needed. Wider prosperity and incredibly enough tourism from the Middle East to Newcastle, not the other way around to get some sun. I really just want to understand what we've done as a region to, mer- to merit this ongoing prejudice now against our city, our football club, which is now allied to their kingdom. Thank you. Thank you very much
3: Keith, appreciate that,
27: um, thank you very much indeed. Alright,
3: who have we got next, Rob Hetherington, do we have Rob on the line please? There's Rob there, yeah. are
5: you there Rob? Can you hear us? I can hear you, Rob. Yeah. Cheers. Well, my, my first point was I wasn't going to say this, but we shouldn't be mixing politics, religion with sport. Basically, you want a football club, and we are here to support our football club, and we just want a new owner to take it forward. My main point, though, was uh, I would like to thank Sue for the pressure she's put on the likes of Mike Ashley over the last 13 years. My point is, I want to know has the new owner or potential new owners. Been in touch with the likes of Chi, any other stakeholders, that what their intentions are for, the, for our football club. I think that's what we need to be finding out. Uh, that's my point, and I hope Chi will come on later on and, and tell us.
3: All right, Rob. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. I think sort of what we're trying to do tonight really is to try engage the mood of, um, is to try engage the mood of you first, first of all. I mean, I know that. Uh, that reaching out process is part of what the new owners would want to do, and I think they would speak more about that if and when it if and when it happens. Um, right, um, but perhaps she would like to address that at the end. We'll see. Um, next up after Rob, we have Gary Little. Is Gary Little on the line, please?
28: Hello, yeah, yeah,
3: hi, Gary, yeah,
28: hi there. How are oh. you doing, all right? Yeah, uh, I'm a season takeover um, for over 28 years. After uh, one, would like to see this takeover happen. Um, I don't know anyone personally who didn't want uh, this uh, to go through because I think we we need rid of Mike Ashley. I know that this this thing that obviously won't sell the It's 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 a big big thing that's going to be that needs to be looked into. But um, I think Mike Ashley's done enough enough damage to our club and uh, club and city, and I think that we need a fresh start as soon as possible. Um, I just hope that the new owners, uh, that, that, that they do invest in the, in the team and the, uh, and the club in the city. And I'm hoping that uh, it's similar to what happened at, uh, in Man City, and that the on and off the pitch. Um, just going just go slightly, uh, uh, looking at the Sheffield United deal, they, they had a, a new owner, uh, Prince Abdullah Bin, who was, uh, who was taken over there. There seemed to be no fuss that was taken uh, from the journalists when that happened. Um, I know it's slightly different that like he's using his personal money um, I think it's, just, it's a bit different hours. But uh, I didn't even know he was uh, in charge of Sheffield United until a few months ago. So I know it's, it's quite recent, but it's just it seems to be we're getting the, the finger pointed at us. And I, I just want to see uh, hope and, uh, and belief come back to the, to the club. Uh, thank you.
3: Smashing. Thank you very much indeed. I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, so next up, do we have Greg on the line? Greg Morrison? uh, Yes. I'll just be
29: on. Are you there, Greg? Hello. Yeah.
3: Okay. Not seeing you though. Hello, Richard. Do we have Do we have Richard Grant online? All right. I'm going to just pause for one second, just to let you know that there are a couple of additional slots, uh, speaking slots, at the end that have opened up. If people would like to um, to 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 have a couple of minutes at the end, please make it known in the chat, and um, and we'll uh, we'll get to you if we possibly can. Right. Who's next up on the list? Who did I say? I've forgotten where we are. Um, bear with me, just for one second. John Lane do we have John Lane on
30: the line please yeah I'm here George thank you um, Hiya, John. And,
3: That's a relief. Yeah. <laughs>
30: um and, and thanks to um the supporters trust and she and everyone else who's put this together I was gonna ask the same question as Rob asked earlier about um fun um, about whether there's been engagement or not um but I think the main thing for me I want to see if possible is um fan engagement through the board. Dan Clark mentioned earlier about 10% ownership from the trust. Um, In reality, I think um, if we could get fan engagement through the board and having an elected um, member of the board from the fans, that would be a massive difference. And, you know, I was involved with the forum for two to three years and, um, you know, I think having someone on the board would achieve a lot more than what that did. So that's my main point, really. Let's engage the fans and let's hope that there's a real strategy. If there is a strategy, look at Liverpool, look at Man City, um, look at what could be. Um, I'm not saying we'll be there tomorrow, but let's hope there's a structure and a plan and we'll take it from there. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much, John. Appreciate that. Um, I'm being taught, I can see on the top of my screen that Greg is there, but um, I think I'm going to move on to Glyn Wade next. Is Glyn Wade there, please? Hiya. Hiya, George. Hiya, Glenn.
23: Thank you, everyone, for putting this together. What I would like to say is, given that it is universally accepted that the best way to influence a developing nation is to engage with it and trade with it, which the UK already does, to the tune of over £6 billion a year, not including the numerous Saudi-owned assets and investments in London, I'd like to know why all of a sudden, is this not the best policy when it comes to owning Newcastle?
16: Okay, is that the end of your contribution? I think it is. Thank you
3: very much indeed. Okay, thanks very much, Glenn. Right, so apparently Greg is back on the line. The, uh, Greg, are you there? The elusive Greg.
29: Hello, yes, I'm here.
3: Hi, Greg, you okay?
29: I am. I feel pressure now after that. Um, just make it good. <laughs> uh, I do think from the off, I'll say straight up that I do feel quite conflicted. Um, I think it comes down to what, what football means to you as an individual. And if you can ignore the sort of ownership issues and focus just on the pitch, then, then I take my hat off to you and I respect you for that. But personally, I can't. Um, I think for me, there's two avenues that we need to follow. Um, so as fans, well, we're not responsible, uh, we're not guilty of any sort of wrongdoing, uh, we've got to accept that our club is now attached to Saudi Arabia and the issue that is attached to that. And it is different from things like government involvement and things like state and Uber because of the emotional attachment that we have to our football club. Um, so my plea really is that the fans don't resort to allowing our club to be used as a vehicle to uh, justify or to defend what goes on in Saudi Arabia. Um, but accept and acknowledge that there are issues and encourage the debate And secondly to that, I think the media and and politicians and and forums exactly like this is the way to keep that debate open and to keep it new instant, to avoid it becoming a sort of tit-for-tat issue like it has seemed to be on social media. Um, So that is my main point, really. And on top of that, this forum actually gives, like a lot of other people have said, gives you a lot of hope for how that is. Um, And it's completely, completely changed the, the sound of the conversation in my head from what you've read on social media and online. So... Um, our job really is to keep this format going, but on a bigger scale and involve more plans. Um, so thank you for organizing it.
3: Hey, that's great. Thanks, Greg. And no, I would agree with that 100%. It's very difficult to get into nuance and detail and uh, in that 240 characters or whatever it is. So it's been a real pleasure to, to be part of this and to listen to, uh, to, to people's views. So again, thank you so much for that um okay i think we have let me see who's next um i think we have daniel fox should be next on the line daniel are you there i am yes everyone else seems like professional speakers
31: I've, uh, <laughs> not, I've, not, I've prepared not. Something that, uh, that i wanted to say based on what other people were saying um so first of all thanks for the opportunity um i'll say from my point of view i'd like and assess and bring in some additions because quite clearly over Ashley's tenure ship it hasn't happened. Um, bring in some of the club legends, whether it be ambassadorial roles, the likes of Keegan Shearer, um, just some sort of role. Uh, I think the academy training ground in city needs invested in uh, massively because um, it clearly hasn't been done in the last 13 years. I'd like to see the club engage a lot more with fans and speak on a regular basis, make the right decisions regarding players and staff, which clearly hasn't been done regarding the £40 million Joe Linton. Um, I'm hoping um, they'll give the fans some transparency when, it, when a statement's issued and uh, what they hope to achieve and how long it'll take to uh, to return the club to the powerhouse that I believe and it so desperately deserves to be. Um, anyone asking fans to intervene an object need to understand we've had a criminal owner for 13 years and we have no way of uh, any control over who buys our club we've waited a long time to get rid of this beer drinking so-called owner and it's about time we had something to celebrate and it's about time we were able to get the cans out thank
3: you all right, Daniel. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure that we should be saying that Mike Cashel is a criminal, but um, so we'll disassociate ourselves from that uh, straight away. But thank you very much for your contribution. And um, now we are going to move on to Alex Hurst, who um, is the chair of the uh, Newcastle United Supporters Trust. Are you there, Alex? Can't hear Alex. Are you there, Alex?
1: Hello, George, can you hear me?
3: Yes, got you there. Got you there. Oh that's a
1: good that's a good lockdown beard. Oh yeah, the hair as well. I think the barber's reopening is a priority just for me though. Uh, so first of all, thanks so much to, to you, George, to Chip, for putting this together. I think, you know, quite short notice on a Monday night for hundreds of people and thousands to be watching to come and talk about a takeover that hasn't happened yet. Tells you about how crazy this football club is and its support. Uh, the supporters' trust—I'll not lie—we've uh, had a frustrating period with the current incumbents at in Newcastle United, and it is quite frankly devastating to see supporters continue to be charged for season tickets. Uh, just yesterday, and the start of this this week and last week, for games that aren't going to happen. So, I absolutely understand that many, many fans are delighted and won't won't look beyond anything past that. Mike Ashley and the people he employs to run the club are are going to be leaving. The Supporters Trust, like was said earlier, 97% of our quite large membership are, you know, firmly in favour of this table over. And while we at the Supporters Trust, we appreciate some of the comments tonight, some of our members have been on and spoken about their concerns. We exist to hold the club to account. We're a critical friend of the club and we would like to see a relationship moving forward that puts Newcastle United fans at the centre of the football club, not as an afterthought not as someone to take money from when they're on games, you know, being played remotely soon, but at the centre of the football club. Echo some of the things people have said in here about concerns about, you know, particularly why the club, why the people buying the club, why they're doing it, all those kind of things. And I think whatever happens, whoever buys the club deserves a fair chance to communicate that to us. We're not going to rush to conclusions. We're not going to rush to condemn without giving those people the right to talk to us and you, the supporters. And we think it's really important that we start this relationship with the new owners. On a level footing of course at the supporters trust your voice is magnified by joining so if you want the supporters trust to have a say or raise concerns with the club the only way you'll be able to do that is by joining making your voice heard and helping us communicate what you think to the club so i just wanted to make that point and say thank you to all you guys who've hosted this who've, who've spoken we're getting many comments at the supporters trust about the meeting tonight lots of fans engaging. and it's been a real success I think this is the start of something. It's not the end. The start of something special for the club and the community. And I would just say, join the trust if you can. Would love to love to have your voice as part of our message. Thank you very much,
3: Alex. That's great. And I will. Um, I hope it's not. Um, hope I'm not straying into uh, biased territory to say that you really should join the supporters' trust. I'm a member. It's a, It's how uh, supporters can convey their their thoughts and feelings to Newcastle whether it's the present regime or the next one and I would really push push everybody to do that and recommend that everyone does that so thanks very much Alex okay next on the line we have uh, Linda Linda Bush is Linda there are you there Linda
32: hi can you see me got you yes and you can see me and hear me both great stuff um Hello, I wasn't expected to come on but I I, I pinched one of the slots so um, I haven't prepared anything but uh, that doesn't stop me from showing emotion and um, passion for how strongly I feel about this. Um, I just want to say as a Newcastle United Supporters Trust board member um, I'm clearly 100% here to represent um, all of the NUST board members but I think this would be a plea um, to anybody who hasn't joined Night Supporters Trust, I think join up because um, I think that we are going to be leading the way. Some of the things that we've heard tonight around Amnesty International, around women's rights, around lesbian and gay rights, absolutely the community, they are at the heart of Night Supporters Trust's work. And if you think they're not, um, just watch when we, when we next hold elections. Um, and I think... I I just want to take my Newcastle United Supporters Trust hat off and I want to say I have a huge dilemma. I have a a small daughter who plays football. I'm married to a woman. um, She's a nevertonian, but that's, you know, don't hold it against her. Um, I grew up and every single part of my life, from birth, deaths, marriages, christenings, absolutely every part of my life has been... Influenced by Newcastle United Football Club, every photograph, every part, every discussion, names in the family, all sorts of things. And I think what I would say to you is, the two things are not mutually exclusive. You can support Newcastle United Supporters Trust, and you can absolutely take a stand against human rights. And I think it's been really difficult for Newcastle United Supporters Trust and the fans to be held responsible for something that is what we really. Um, we actually pass that responsibility on to the people that we vote for in, in a political sense. And I think, you know, the UK government has to take responsibility for what they're doing with Saudi Arabia. And this takeover should go ahead and then just watch how important um, some, of the, some of the inclusive messages and the inclusion agenda is important to Newcastle United supporters fans. And, you know, we'll work, we'll work with the club and they'll have to work with us. So bring it on.
3: Great stuff, Linda. Thank you very much indeed. That's great. We're rattling through contributors here. Really appreci- appreciating it. Um, Stephen Kirby, do we have Stephen Kirby on the line, please? Oh, can you hear us? Yeah, got your loud and clear, Stephen.
15: Yeah, champion. First of all, apologies. I've missed uh, everything up until about five minutes ago. I've had some challenges. I've got two little children, so apologies if I'm going over all ground here. Um, so, from my perspective, I'm very much in favour of the takeover. I believe. Ninety-nine percent of people are ninety-seven people. So ninety-seven percent from the supporters trust survey. Um, I think that obviously, from our perspective, um, there's been a lot of noise in the media where Newcastle United supporters are supposed to be making this sort of sacrifice, if you like, in sort of rejecting this takeover on you know humanitarian grounds. And I think it's a lot easier for people to say that when they don't have any skin in the game as we do. So, I concern say we I'm a little bit worried about the sport sports watching angle of it, uh, from what we've seen on uh, on Twitter mainly over the last uh, last few weeks. Um, examples that you know, Newcastle fans tweeting um, very harsh tweets to Amnesty International. Some of the tweets to Casodji's widow have been pretty galling to see from Newcastle, especially that our fans are doing that. Um, I think it's important. To have the right tone in this uh, discussion and I think from what I've seen over the last five ten minutes that has been the case this evening um, and that if people moralise or talk down to Newcastle supporters then they're just going to push push people away and you know seen that was Miguel Delaney from The Independent had some very good points but the way he went about making them he lost the plot a little bit and he didn't really it's not really a good way to make friends and influence people um, yeah, uh, I suppose the question I would have, I, would national, I know we're not doing a Q&A at the minute, is assuming the takeover goes through, or assuming that it will go through, um, do they see any value in taking a more measured turn towards Newcastle United fans? And if it goes through, what's Amnesty the to be like? We've sort of heard these rumours that there might be demonstrations organised outside matches, which I think would be extremely irresponsible. Um, but yeah, I suppose that was my, uh, my concern, really
3: all right thank you very much indeed Stephen. thank you we did have a contribution from amnesty uh a bit earlier but thank you thank you very much indeed appreciate that um right let me see who's next on our uh updated list so we have jake swinburne is jake swinburne on the line please
33: hi guys can everyone hear me okay
3: got you jake yeah
33: good stuff thank you george i'll um, i'll just crack on appreciate what we've been everyone's been kind enough to, to listen to everybody so far i think Two, two points that come to mind. Um, first and foremost, that the pro- the primary one I think being um, around the, the statement read out from from Jamal Khashoggi's grief-stricken, clearly um, fiance. I think it's, it's and hand experience tells me certainly that there's nothing more soul-destroying on a personal level than losing a family member on what should be a joyous occasion. Um, I won't dwell on that too much, but I think it's clear that we must i think everybody's got to respect her point of view and what she has to say i think the and and welcome it really but i think the it's hard to to get involved in that kind of space and and have clear and strong views on things without without sometimes bordering on hypocrisy i think clearly everybody involved doesn't agree with some of the the, the reported atrocities and the reported human rights issues that have that come with the saudi state um However, if you look at some of the the historical decisions of clubs like Bayern Munich, that are a champion worldwide as as a supporter-run club, and I don't want to get into that too much really. So I think it's it's clear to just stay clear of um, that hypocrisy a little bit. And the second was was more a football point um, as to what I'd I'd like to say from the owners. I appreciate it's not being covered a whole lot, but I'd like the the decency and the communication to, to know that we're going to implement a a modern football structure. I think um, we've seen recent years when Alex Ferguson left Manchester United and, and Arsene Wenger left Arsenal. Clearly the success that they left behind was, was was a success that we as a club could only dream of. But um the the repercussions of them leaving have, have have been strong to say the least. I think it'd be good to moving forward to to see them the new guys or the new owners implement a sporting director and a, a more modern way of working. That's pretty much all I've got to say, George. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much, Jake. Really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Um, next up, we have, uh, please pardon my pronunciation, Adise Obuafor. Is that right, Adise?
2: Yes, that's right. Thank you very much. Um, very well. Yeah. Before I start, I would like to thank everyone who organised this. Um the main reason why I wanted to make a point was because, as a student working in um, St James Park, I am against the takeover, obviously, because as a fan of Newcastle United and as a student working there, my worry is that due to the cultural differences between Saudi Arabia and the UK, like there might be like limit as to how much rights we as employees or as fans could exercise in in the UK or in the club. So I would just like to ask, um, how much influence would the laws in Saudi Arabia have on people working in in the club or people or fans generally that's just my question
3: okay thank you we would not yeah um, I'm not sure if there's a kind of forum for those questions to be answered here right now but um, this is all informing our conversation um I mean it's you know it's it's UK so it's UK law uh, applies applies to football stadium as it applies to everywhere else so I mean I think i think if that's the question you're asking i c- i can probably answer that but um but thank you very much indeed uh, for your contribution um we're going to the last couple on our list now uh, johnny coates are you there johnny
34: hi everyone hi george hi johnny you're alright alright cheers for uh, having us on um i just wanted to make a couple of points um obviously everybody's touched on um the issues around uh, the sports washing we get all of that and, and, you know, these things are political issues. I think we need to focus on one thing. Um, the point I'd like to make really is I've been on the ground since I was about 10, 11. I started doing the MAG programmes, all sort of things. I got into games and Bobby Robson was there. And I've had a season ticket for the last sort of uh, 15 years since then. And to be honest, our club has just completely gone. You know, we've lost we've lost the club um, to, to Mike Ashley and his, his ways. And what I would like to see happen, really, this is a fantastic opportunity to not only get the club back to to winning ways, to performing on the pitch, but also to regenerate the area, something that Mike actually is completely neglected over the years. So even going as far as, you know, the, the bit of the, the, the land that he could sell, that we may potentially be able to develop on that con. I know that's a, a different issue, but the main issue is the whole stadium's been neglected. There's been no investment, there's been no link with the community, there's no women's team, there's those sort of things. You know, I think one way of getting the club back is to get everybody back on board, to get everybody around the table, as such as the fans have said, and uh, the NUST in the, in the space, get, get a, a space on that board. And also, the other point I'd like to make is that I think it's an ideal opportunity, if this goes through, to bring back things, uh, you know, the connection between the legends and the club. So, like, say, so Kevin Keegan, um, possibly, like, Mike, uh, Malcolm MacDonald, uh, Les Ferdinand, you know, people, Rob Lee, people who've got an affiliation with the club, because a lot of these people are in the Geordies from down south and i think that the way we can get our message out to the sort of negative southern press as i call it is by having people from other parts of the country sort of selling the club and i think it'd be absolutely fantastic for us to tie all this together with those with those things
3: cheers smashing thank you very much indeed really appreciate that johnny thanks a lot thanks for joining us uh, we're down to our last uh, con- contributor now and um that would be richard grant do we have richard in the house please
16: Yes, hi, George. Um, hi, Richard, you OK? Um, not too bad. Great, uh, great session. Um, I was going to actually pose a question to you about the Premier League, but having listened to everybody, um, I'm going to make uh, a plea from the heart. Um, I'm in favour of the, uh, the takeover. And the reason for, for that is, after 48 years of supporting the club, And with no disrespect uh, to the likes of Oxford, uh, Coventry, Wigan, Derby, uh, Swansea. These are clubs, uh, Forest, even Leicester, even Sunderland. I've never seen my club, never seen my club win a trophy. I was there for the uh, charity Shield. I was there for the two cup finals where we didn't turn up. I want to see my team go away to Man City, to go away to Arsenal, to, to Liverpool. And I want to see my team in the tunnel before kickoff. And I want to look at the players in the eyes and actually not see fear. I want to see my team and believe that they can compete and actually get a result, actually win, but to actually get a result and not to be defeated in the, in the tunnel whether we like it or not, to be successful, you've got to, have, you've got to have money, you've got to have brass. It's not a millionaire's club, it's a billionaire's club. And yes, we've got to be aware of the atrocities that are happening in Saudi Arabia. They're terrible. You know, I'm Jewish. I'm glad to see that the Rubens are on board. You know, what an advert that actually gives that you've got, not being political here, Arabs, No doubt the Rubin family are supporters of Israel sitting in the same room on the same board for the benefit of our club, my club, and the area. It's a fantastic statement. And hopefully, hopefully, we might actually see Newcastle win something. But more importantly, public opinion might just, might just have some effect worldwide and internally in Saudi Arabia itself. And let's just hope, let's just hope we can get this, I think Steve Wraith this morning on a podcast said, get the monkey off our back and let's hopefully within the next two, three, five years, before I die, please God, we can actually bring some silverware back to Tyneside. Boy, oh boy, what a feeling. I don't know what it feels like. I really don't know what it feels like. I just pray to God that that is what happens. All right.
3: <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Richard. Yeah. Your lifetime, my lifetime, uh, many of our lifetimes. Um, okay. So we've got a little bit of extra time. So um, we're going to crack on with another couple, another couple more. So if, you, uh, if you're enjoying us, then uh, we still have, uh, still have two or three contributors still to go. Kev Lawson uh, apparently missed his slot a bit earlier. Are you there, Kev? Hi,
35: George. Hiya, Kev. Hiya. I'm Kev. I've been a Newcastle United supporter since my stepdad took me to a Dower 1-1 home draw with Swindon at the start of the 90s. For me, football is an escape from the rest of life, and going to the match provided sort of the only respite I could find for a long time after the loss of my mother. I accept that I'll become a hypocrite of my own political beliefs if the takeover does come to pass. On that point, as George stated, the prospective owners are yet to pass the Premier League's director's test, Leaving a lot of fans uh, feeling like this town hall was a little premature. um, I respect everything that's been said. It's been a great conversation. Uh, But I hope the decision to hold the meeting now is a reflection of the overall confidence of the takeover being passed because this saga and the ones before it is truly affecting the mental health of fans, of Newcastle fans across the world. I echo Dan's words about the club and the fan base needing to heal. It is a, you know, it's a really, really important time for a lot of us. And I think if this doesn't happen this time, I think a lot of fans will walk away. Um, for me, I'd be really interested to know what plans have been discussed between the City Council and Amanda Staveley's group at the earliest possible opportunity. And um, I would like to see the club provide young athletes with enough education to give them with uh, give them a future outside of football, so that the kids that don't make it to the first team or to even the youth teams have the ability to excel elsewhere in life.
3: Smashing! Thank you very much indeed, Kev. Um, just to repeat what we said at the start, and I don't want to speak for uh, she here, but you know the idea is that Newcastle fans aren't being given a say on this takeover about whether it goes ahead or whether it doesn't go ahead, just like they haven't been given much of a say in terms of Mike Ashley's running of the club. So the idea is to have that conversation here and now and okay, it might not uh, determine, uh, you know, what happens at the end of it. It does mean that you and we all have a voice and um, it, you know, hopefully can guide the conversation moving forward. But thanks ever so much, Joe. Really appreciate, yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. Last couple, okay, so uh, we now have Gary Brown. Is Gary Brown there, please? I am, can you see me, George? Can see you, can hear you loud and clear. Thanks everyone for
10: organising tonight's uh, event. Uh, Very encouraging, very apparent how we all are passionate about our football team, but also um, how sensitive we all are towards, uh, you know, the the issue of the attached, uh, sorry, the issue of the potential takeover uh, uh, could have, but maybe it's a question for, for Chi. Um, the, the UK government website actually states that um, we are to develop and maintain long-standing relationships between the UK and Saudi Arabia. We build on the bilateral relationship between our two governments and peoples, especially in the areas of trade, investment, education, culture, etc. Why does the United have to carry the burden on the farms?
3: All right, Gary, thank you very much indeed. Thanks a lot, appreciate that um so now our last uh, speaker for the night i believe is scott scott mcwilliams are you there scott i am hello Hi, scott you okay
36: Hiya. yeah this has all been really good uh, it's been great to hear from everyone my point being is that it has been really good to hear um from fellow fans about that, that they aren't taking the human rights issues lightly but I just wonder, and I know this is not a QA, I'm just putting some points out Then, How long will and should it last? I mean, football's got a really good way of papering over the cracks of issues, like, for example, someone like Nicky Butt, when he massively disrespected in a quarter final. Now, once he started putting performance back in for the club, it tended to get forgotten about a bit. But I do wonder that if successful football comes to the city, will the human rights issues just sort of disappear? And I am wondering, is is that something that we should allow to happen, or are we responsible as fans to continue making sure we keep the club in check as it was, or do we just sit back and enjoy the ride? It's like it is a conflicted issue, as obviously. But I do feel many other fans that may be on here tonight, and I'm not trying to disrespect them anyway, any way, simply won't care about the human rights issues and they will just care about football, which, after all, is why we're all here. <laughs> but uh so that's my point so thank you very much george that was it's been an excellent evening thank you
3: that's great stuff thank you very much indeed scott really appreciate that and um yeah really appreciate everyone's contributions this evening i feel like i've learned a lot um one thing that i haven't learned one thing that i knew um already was what a passionate intelligent articulate lot you are we are that we're very capable of having a conversation about our club that is respectful, is passionate, um, that covers lots of issues and covers lots of feelings. The interesting thing is, I mean, it's very different to when when I was growing up, when Newcastle felt like a very Newcastle place in the sense that days would go by without reading about the club in national papers. And um, the debate that we had would be in the pubs or with friends or with family. And now, of course, we're in a global game and a global society and things that happen to our club ripple out across the world and I think we've seen a bit of that tonight and why we should be respectful of it and why we should educate ourselves to it I've learned a lot I would like to apologize um in the sense that I don't know what I'm doing um uh, when it comes to this or indeed much of life um and so thank you very much for bearing bearing with me and I'd like to say thank you to she both for asking me to to host this tonight, but also for doing this in the first place, because um, I think it's been a great, um, a great chance for us all to talk and to listen and to think about what we want from our football club, both now and moving forward. So, thank you very much indeed. Um, it's been it's been really interesting, really illuminating, and good fun. And I'm going to pass you back now to Shi to say uh, to say a few words to wrap things up. So, thanks again, and uh, over to you, Shi.
2: Hi, uh thanks so much. My, my background seems to be disintegrating, which might be' <laughs> <laughs> it's getting it's getting it's getting late. But I can just say well first we're sort of saying hey uh George, thank you for brilliantly uh hosting. We can't do virtual rounds of applause or whatever, but thank <laughs> you for brilliantly Sharing uh, this evening, and uh, also to say thank you to Newcastle United support, uh, Supporters Trust for their support in putting this together. Because I'd never been able to put this together, you know, put that together so quickly without them. And particularly also, can I say thank you to Victoria and James who have been like the support um, um, organising this, the technology. The, uh, YouTube, the admitting people and the, and the live tweeting. They've been an amazing amount of work to that. You know, i it's just been fantastic for me. You know, it's been really great to hear people talking, fans particularly, you know, talking, you sort know, of honestly and, you know, so, you know, about what how we feel how the how the city feels and what you know what football means and what this takeover in particular means and i'll be you know it's not I won't, i'm not gonna make it a i'm not gonna answer the question any of the questions i'm to try to answer the questions because it, it wasn't about you know me answering questions i don't have the answers a lot of the time you know but i want i feel much more that i know understand what people are, think, are thinking and saying about this and that it's much more kind of It's much more, sorry to put it like this, but it's kind of much more nuanced and intelligent than some of the stuff that people um, out there are, you know, unfortunately, you know, accusing um, us of. What I'm taking out, uh, I've saved the chat, um, and so I'll be looking at that. This has been recorded. We will also be sending out an email with, you know, some of the links to some of the people who spoke, and let me thank all the speakers as well. But, and I going to take me at least some time to like digest all this and think about what this means for how I represent Newcastle United fans in parliament but you know the, the real the sort of the message that, that I'm taking away is is well the passion for Newcastle, you know, Newcastle United the impact of the last 13 years you know the the importance of of transparency and communication and understanding, you know what's. Happening. I will whoever owns Newcastle United. You know, I, I mean, I met with, <laughs> I did meet with with uh, with uh, Mike Ashley. Whoever whoever owns Newcastle United, I will engage with them, and I will you know look to um, support the club as such an important part of our. Culture, history, and and economy. And um, in the meantime, you know, let's keep this going and might try and organize another one, like something like this. We had it now so that I could, you know, we could have a debate, you know, could could continue. And I think we need to continue that debate. But thank you so much to everybody for taking part. And, uh, you know, let's, um, you know, how are the lads? Uh, with that, I'll say uh, I'll say goodbye to everyone, and I'll close down the meeting. Thanks very much.
6: Thank you, everybody. Cheers.